podcast in the Early Learning Matters series. Uh, my name's Jackie Ward. I'm the Early Learning Coordinator with the Department of Education. And today I'm joined by Kelly O'Shea, Principal of Tarot Public School in the Hunter region, and Carolyn Wilson, the Transition Support Teacher, Early Intervention. Uh, and we're also joined by Donna uh, Dean, who is the Transition Advisor within Early Learning. So today we're talking about uh, how Tarot Public School connects with their school community to provide a positive transition and how they've um, made some changes and uh, thought um, outside of the box to um, work within the restrictions of COVID in the um, in 2020. So welcome um, today, Kelly and Carolyn. Really great to um, to talk to you today, and thank you for um, generously sharing lots of information and your wisdom and your expertise um, in this area. We really appreciate it. Um, I'm going to jump straight into our first sort of point or um, for discussion, which is um, why is transition to school important um, at your place at Tarot? Um, I'll take that question, Jackie. Um, here at Taro, we believe that, that, you know, a strong start creates successful learners and that a positive transition to school is what sets the foundation uh, for lifelong learning. We see it as the opportunity for us to make those positive educational connections and to build those trustful relationships that can strengthen the learning pathways. So... From our perspective, we consider effective transitions to embrace that holistic approach, um, that they generate excitement about the next step on the learning continuum. And we do that by creating that strong sense of belonging and connectedness, not only to the learning, but to the school community. And we definitely see it as our bedrock for success. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. And that's exactly what the evidence base tells us as well, is that that's such a... Um, such a, a an important part of, of having a, a really positive and successful experience within their whole within children's whole schooling career. So, you know, if it, it's it's time and money well spent, I guess, to invest in these um, in these transition practices because they have such a long lasting impact. We definitely yeah. agree. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. So what do you guys think um, high quality transition practices look like? What what do you think they sort of comprise of you mentioned relationships being really important and creating that sense of belonging yes well at taro and, and across our whole lmg really we, we talk about having optimum transitions and and that involves establishing not only positive practices but us having vital behaviors and a toolkit of resources that we employ um, high quality high quality transition practices are really those that are extensive are thoughtful and planned and that's definitely what we do here and we believe it incorporates that whole of community approach it involves all the stakeholders all the partners and all sectors it it definitely needs to be flexible and responsive and we focus on making sure we've got a place for every face um, it's important that we deliver on personalised learning um, and planning and that we provide those supports and adjustments that are required. And key to this is making sure that we're mindful and respectful of the values, the needs and interests and strengths of not only our local community, but the families participating in our programs and the children transitioning. So in terms of Taro Public School, and certainly we've adopted this across our whole LMG, we embrace the ready, ready, ready approach. 
uh, and that's that ready schools, ready families, ready communities equals ready children. In fact, we've developed a simple pro forma that we're sharing across our LMG and using as a measure of this. And what we do is make sure that we're actively considering all of those domains and addressing them when we're planning for our transition programs. I think that sounds um, amazing. And I really think it's fantastic to have a school sharing practice about the idea that sort of blows that notion of children and school readiness out of the water because you know, like if we think about Brenner's theory about children and how they learn, they do learn within the context of their family and community. And so those people um, and their supports that support them are such key players in making sure that transition is as smooth as possible and their, you know, learning is recognised and there's a continuity of learning for children. So that is awesome to hear. Yeah. Thank you. So I guess moving on to the, you know, the, the million-dollar question here. So what what do you see as particularly important uh, for transition for the 2021 kindergarten cohort? Because it's been a bit of a different year for us all. Oh, and sure for those has. little ones that, you know, might not have had their, you know, 600 hours um, of universal access to a preschool or, or they've at a minimum had it disrupted. What are your thoughts around that? Well, we... We're treating 21 transition like we would have um, regarded any transition, really. It's it's important for any cohort. As transition, the purpose of transition from Tara's perspective is that it creates a meaningful connection with children and their families. So for the 2021 cohort, transition, it's particularly important because we need to provide the children and the families and the community with an opportunity to engage in instability in our increasingly complex and changing global environment. So by this, I mean that we need to connect families with a school and develop a solid partnership um, and ensure that our families are being supported to participate in unique transition practices because we still need to set up our incoming kinders for success. Mm-hmm. So what we're doing at the moment is certainly nowhere near what we would refer to as the norm. However, as a school, we're recognising the needs within our community and addressing these in a variety of ways, whether that's um, virtually Mm. or uh, making over-the-phone contact um, as opposed to that personal contact that we've done previously. I absolutely love that too, that you've said, you know, so the ideology is the same, isn't it? It's about Mm -hmm. thinking about different ways to do the same kind of practices and drawing on the strengths of what you've already done. Yes. Um, Yes. It's amazing. Yeah, that's great. So what are the sort of special considerations at this time, do you think, from your point of view as a school and obviously families and children, you can speak to those separately or together, but what sort of, you know, other things that you've had to go, ah, what about, you know? So really we, we just, it was about finding ways to maintain the robust delivery of the key elements of an on-site transition program. So first of all, we had to identify, identify platforms for communication and we had to connect in multi-ways with our children's service providers to gain the information we would normally gather from our our programs. Um, So that might have meant providing photos of our incoming kinders so that um, our staff here Mm. at Taro were becoming familiar with the faces and the names because normally they would get to see our little Joey's friends um, in the the playground, but that's not happening at the moment. 
Um, in terms of our families and the considerations for our families, we had to be mindful of the pressures and the, and the stresses that are impacting on our families at the moment and addressing these and reassuring them that in spite of transition, looking and feeling different, we're still well, well prepared. We're acknowledging the anxiousness around the current state and the impact that it's had, um, but we're still sending out information that is providing them with um, the resources that they need and, mm. and to, to get them prepared and their, their children prepared for school. So, and we found that doing this, providing this information in a family-friendly way, which was mm. easy to understand and consume. So we're using visuals, we're putting out video clips, we're offering social stories. Um, we're also offering opportunities throughout the year to um, conference um, like a Zoom, a Q&A Zoom for mm. our incoming kinder parents. So we're trying to engage them on a variety of platforms that they're comfortable with using and that they can easily access to give them um, what we would have given them in person virtually. And for our, for our kids, we're really fortunate that we've already established contact with many of our incoming kinders through our transition support teacher role because Kaz has visited our local services. Um, she's she's been doing that since the start of the year, mm. which is one of our priorities that Kaz makes contact with our incoming kinders and we know um, what we need to work on with them. And so our next step in that is to have a roadshow visit where the kinder teacher for next year will go with Kaz to the, the centres and spend time with the children and, and provide the kids with a little show bag of activities information related mm. specifically to Tara and, and what they can expect and from coming to big school. Mm. Well, that sounds so beautiful. What a lovely way for children to feel so valued and cared for, you know, that, that you guys are reaching out to their space, you know, where they've come from. Mm -hmm. And what a great opportunity, I think, to make some really, build some great relationships and connections with the early childhood teachers and, and educators. That sounds amazing. And I guess, as you said, there's still... Um, room to do all of those sorts of things they just looking a little bit differently and I think you know you do make a really good point there's a lot of anxiety about out there for families mm. about you know what what their child is missing out on and I think we need to make sure that we make a big effort to say you know it's okay you you, you know you it's not missing out it's just looking different in this year and you know it's part part and parcel of that supporting people I guess to be a little bit more resilient in this time which is you know it's been a stressful year for everybody hasn't it so and Jackie, more important offering that reassurance via our children's services and, and the staff that we work with in partnership has been really critical to that so yeah. I'm certainly gathering feedback around the questions families are asking and the anxieties that are presenting and so we're making sure that we're including that not only in Taro's um, delivery of information but across our whole LMG we're addressing that so it's really acting as a guide for what to make sure we are including and making sure that those questions are answered in an upfront manner so parents have that reassurance. I love that. Yeah, that's really something that I guess is, um, again, a really um, a, an example of a high-performing practice, isn't it, that you're being responsive and that you're being you're adjusting things as you go because I think that's one of the things we need to think about transition to school. It's not formulaic because in one context or for at, in one particular cohort it's, things might work for that particular group that don't work for another. So we do need to be thinking about being adaptive and responsive and, yeah, and innovative at all times. Static. 
it's it's not a static program. It, it mm-hmm. has to be um, fluid and and always responding to the context. Yeah. That's awesome. We might move on to, you know, thinking specifically about your community and your demographic there at Tarot. Um, I'm really interested to hear what sort of data or evidence do you guys um, have, you know, in terms of measures of success, because this is one that I think schools find a little bit tricky. And if they were thinking about putting um, a strategic direction on their school plan or, or part, you know, including transition, what what does it look like? What are your success measures? So what do you guys use in terms of your data or evidence? Um, so we're very lucky at Tara. We have people who are passionate about joeys and, and making sure that all our, our little friends are well looked after and catered for. Uh, in terms of data collection, so Maxine Chapman is my community liaison officer and she is actually the coordinator of all of our joeys programs. Um, and she works with a Joey, like a, a member of my teaching staff, so with the Joey's teacher, and they complete observational checklists and they collect work samples on each student. Mm-hmm. So at the beginning of Joey's, the work samples are simple things like um, is able to write their name unassisted or can recognise their name in print. However, as the program continues, um, this data becomes an important point of reference for the Joey's teacher as they'll start the following year, you know exactly where each child's strengths and areas of development are. And I guess it's like any program we run at Taro, we're continually asking for feedback and evaluating success through a variety of, of means. Um, and Joey's certainly falls under this category. One of the main benchmarks we use to evaluate the success of Joey's is how successfully the kinder cohort begins the following year. Um, in 2020, has certainly been our best year yet, as we had all of the puzzle pieces working cohesively to ensure it was successful. We had an experienced early childhood educator as the Joey's teacher. Um, CAS was completing observations and gathering feedback from the EC services, um, and as well as providing Joey's and their families and the school with the support where it was required. Maxine was building relationships with the families to ensure that all needs were catered for and that each family felt comfortable within the school setting and and how Joey's was operating. And I made sure that I was available to chat with parents and carers during the Joey sessions. I'd often pop down to the hall and just informally chat to people about how things were going just to get their feedback. And I always attend um, the LST meetings regarding our incoming kinder, kinder friends so that I know what supports we need and I can play my role in, in supporting families, supporting Kaz, supporting Maxine um, to make sure that we have a ready school for ready kids. So that sounds really great, all that, um, you know, there's a real focus in on information sharing. Um, I, I'm really interested to hear, you know, how, did this, how does the transition to school statement from early childhood services there uh, fit in your picture in, in, in that sort of data collection? Mm. Well, Jackie, one of the things um, that we're really fortunate um, to have are those connections with our feeder children services as a result of this dedicated role operating across the LMG. Um, So we've really taken a proactive approach to gathering information about our students transitioning to school. And we invite all of our centres to to share the relevant information through whatever channel suits them best. Um, I'm certainly routinely in contact and visiting our, our services across the community. Um, We hold regular network meetings and we share information across other platforms. 
We also advocate the use of the department's early childhood transition to school referral for any children with additional learning and support needs and tools like the transition to school statements, end of year reports, observational data interviews and checklists are just some of the ways that we <coughs> excuse me, are routinely receiving and exchanging information in support of transition to school. Now, with COVID, we've certainly had new challenges <clears throat> with the information gathering and we've worked through our services to individualise the best ways to ensure the practices continue. I guess for us, and, and I, I think Kel's talked to this a little bit throughout this, the key to it has been the multi-pathway approach, that we don't rely on one format for transition planning and information gathering, but rather we, we ensure our services have got multi-options to share and engage with us. Now, many of our centres are providing uh, summative statements um, and, and that they're happy to provide that <clears throat> at, at various times throughout the year, but our best results really are coming from establishing the face-to-face -face partnerships. And it's the combination of the school-delivered programs like Joey's that Kelly's spoken about, the community outreach role that I provide, and the early ongoing contact that we have across that whole 12 months period prior to starting school that's making the difference. It really is allowing us to engage in that collaborative consultative process to bring about best comes for all of our pre-K students. That sounds great. I guess one last thing I'd like to sort of ask you is how has the transition work that you guys have been doing featured in school planning? Have you got, you know, an element on your school plan that you've, you know, particularly focusing in on this particular area? Yes, absolutely. It's part of the, the combined planning that the school engages in. Yep. So from Tara's perspective, strategic direction three is around community and involving the community in, in regular opportunities to engage in a range of activities to support learning and develop that collaborative partnership. Our real focus for this direction is to create an authentic learning partnership where parents and carers are a part of the learning process so that it happens. So by having we run parent workshops during Joey's sessions and the idea behind this is that we're, the, we're building foundations for this learning partnership by encouraging parents to engage and be present and be interested in what's going on. We're providing yeah, them that sounds amazing. Yeah, and, and it's the, to support them, to provide them with the knowledge to successfully support their child without the fear of, of being wrong. I guess, because a lot of parents don't want to work with their child if they think, oh, well, I'll show them the wrong way if that's mm. not the way they're, they're doing it at school. Yeah. Um, but it's also trying to take away that intimidation, particularly in this community, that some of the parents may feel because they've had bad experiences or, or not positive experiences with school themselves. So... Um, as yeah, that's such an important um, aspect, isn't it? Again, the evidence base tells us if families are involved in students' learning, then the outcomes also, you know, children have improved outcomes. So that's such an important aspect of that, isn't it? And I, I love the fact that, you know, there's, um, again, a, a, you know, children pick up too on the anxiety from families as well. So that's going to impact on how ready they are to start school if a parent is, you know, um, not feeling as well sort of supported and transitioned as well. So, you know, you can't look at a child without looking at, you know, that child within the context of their family and community, I think. So I think that's really amazing what you guys are doing. I wish I had a child um, attending um, Tarot Public School. It sounds amazing and it really sounds like you guys 
um, yeah, should really be applauded and recognised for all the great work that you were doing. Um, is there anything else? I'm just mindful that we've probably gone on for a while now. Is there any last sort of um, messages that you'd like to share with anyone about what you're doing and anything else? I think I think the last thing I guess we'd like to share is around that continuous improvement, um, and and really this this COVID period has has reinforced the importance of um, you know being responsive as you were saying to our community, um, but and being res and being responsive to the partners within it, um, and being prepared to do things differently. And being open to change, and and I think if we're talking about continuous improvement, then that's what we need to be focusing on. That um, it's about uh, creating sustainability with the changes we put in place, but always being prepared to adapt and adopt new and better ways of of doing things. I think that's a great message, and hopefully, um, you know, we've all learned in our lives, but also within our schools that. That's really an important message of this, you know, the whole COVID and learning from home situation that we we need to be brave and I guess, you know, give something new a try and, um, you know, ne you never know what how that might impact um, children and, and make a difference, I guess, in, in children and families' lives. So thank you both, um, Ke Kelly and Carolyn. It's been amazing talking to you today and I really appreciate um, you giving of your time. Thank you thank very you. much.